Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bob Stoops is out. So what's the latest in Florida State's head coaching search? What chance does foreign Odell Higgins have? The USF Bulls host Memphis and then Central Florida game against the Knights. Can Charlie Strong still save his job? And what is the one thing that may bring him back besides wins? And are you tired of the same old teams in the college football playoffs? We've got a new team you should root for. We'll discuss all this and more with Matt Baker of the Tampa Bay Times on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Burstick. Hey, folks, if you're like me, uh, you're probably tired of these high electric bills. Mine's been over $300 and we got to start saving some money. If you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bill, listen to me now. May Electric Solar is a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available, and they don't use high voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all their equipment and labor. They have a full showroom that's open weekdays, and you can see their products. Now, May Electric Solar has been around 12 years. They've earned a great reputation with their customers and peers. There's a lot of other solar companies out there imitating them, trying to use their great name. But remember, they don't use subcontractors, and they do not subcontract with any other company in any way. So everyone knows it has to be May all the way. Let's stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills and start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And if you call right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit through 2019 by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. Matt Baker joins us now. Let's start in Tallahassee with the FSU coaching search. A little bit of news since we talked last. Uh, Matt, Bob Stoops is out. He's not a candidate anymore. So where are the Seminoles right now in their uh, process for finding a replacement for Willie Taggart? So, yeah, Bob Stoops is is reportedly, allegedly, officially out of the mix. That is always subject to change because I think if he called, you know, FSU this afternoon and said, hey, here's the terms I'd like. If it's something FSU could do, the situation would change. But I think for all intents and purposes, he's off the list. Move on. And to me, that means that this this coaching search can really, truly begin now, Rick. You know, I always thought Stoops was Bob Stoops was an unlikely candidate. I didn't think he would want the job. Um, but FSU, you know, had to look into him because he was the best home run hire um, that would, you know, at least have a realistic or semi-realistic possibility of happening. So now that he's off the list, at least we think, it's time for the search to really get serious. So um, I, I think there's still going to be, I, I don't, I'm not expecting a lot of news or anything like that this week. Yes, Florida State is off um, before playing the Gators on November 30th, but most likely the guys they're targeting have jobs right now. They're either coaching this weekend or getting ready to coach next weekend. So I think there's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes chatter going on, a lot of talking with agents, a lot of vetting candidates, that sort of thing before. You know, what uh, David Coburn, the AD, kind of said uh, in his uh, press conference after firing Willie and what I've said all along, which is right after the Florida game, and I think the best-case scenario, game ends on Saturday, announce a coach on Sunday, 
formal announcement, press conference Monday, maybe a day or two later than that, depending on how the negotiations and everything plays out. But I still think that's the, the realistic timeline with a lot of behind the scenes conversations going on in the next week and a half before then. Yeah, they'd have to step those up pretty quick to do that. With respect to, to Bob Stoops, I mean, do you, do you think this was uh, mostly financial or is the situation uh, with respect to the athletic director, how long he's going to be there, all those unknowns, uh, was, was that something that you think was a problem? I think it was a lot of things. I think one, and most importantly, again, the question I had from day one with Bob Stoops is, does he want to be a college coach? Does a 59-year-old mm-hmm. who walked away, for, for all we know, in, in good health, intentionally, willingly left a top 10, maybe top 5 job with a great AD, great conference, every, everything he could have wanted at Oklahoma, he had. He willingly left it. Is he going to want to jump in two years later for any job? Um, I, mm. I, I think there's still the possibility you know, he's left the, open, the door open to coach in college again, but I think it'd have to be a Notre Dame or something like that where there's, it's not just the financials. It's not just the chance to win championships. Maybe there's a little bit of a heartstrings kind of emotional tie to it that he wouldn't have had at Florida state. So I, I think there's a bunch of reasons why that presumably has not, you know, didn't work out for, from the FSU side and the, and the stoop side. And, you know, now it's just a matter of, of who's next and, um, you know, the, the names that I've been hearing are, are pretty much the same since I from day one. You know, uh, Mike Norvell at Memphis is a guy that is, is getting some traction, and I think, is, is being vetted. Um, the Clemson coordinator is Brent Venables, probably being the, the top choice of, of the three. Um, I still think Mark Stoops is probably the most likely candidate. I don't I don't feel particularly confident in that because there's a lot of viable options. But I think he's still a guy you're going to be hearing a lot. And Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Um, all he's done is just be really, really solid at a program where it's really hard to win. I mean, what, what's the stat? He's the first coach in Iowa State history to beat Oklahoma and Texas. I mean, he's, he's done a great job there and has recruited the state of Florida pretty well. So I think he's a guy that's going to get a lot of traction as well, plus the foreign Odell. Yeah, indeed. And Norvell will be uh, in, in the state of Florida anyway, playing USF this weekend. Um, let's talk about, uh, foreign Odell, uh, Higgins who, you know, obviously this happens when you have an interim coach, especially, um, you know, I can, uh, he's been there forever or Odell's been there forever. And he's, he's a guy that, uh, is liked by the players. You'll start to immediately hear players want to pitch for him. Um, I mean, he's, he's not been a head a coordinator before we've talked about all those things, but could he be sort of an Ed Orgeron, what Ed Orgeron was to LSU, a guy that's steeped in the in the program and understands it and could hire good people around him. Could he be? Yes, absolutely. I, I have a lot of concerns with him. I mean, he's he's been doing this, I think this is his 26th year as a coach at Florida State. He's only been a position coach. There's probably a reason why. And, and it's not like there hasn't been turnover at the defensive coordinator position. No, there's there's been there's been several. I mean, just since I've been here it went from Mark Stoops to Jeremy Pruitt to Charles Kelly to, to Harlan Barnett, and you know the names I mentioned did not include Odell Higgins. There, there's probably a reason why. Um, so could he do that? Absolutely. But you're asking a guy who's never been a coordinator or never been a head coach to take control of a top, at least top 15, probably top 10 job, where there's a lot of issues going on right now. So there, to me, Odell is a higher risk than a lot of the other guys. You know, Mark Stoops has been in a tough position at Kentucky where it is very hard to win. 
and he has won at a level that very few coaches have ever done at the University of Kentucky. Uh, Matt Campbell has been in a situation in Iowa State where, again, it's a tough place to win where there's a lot of issues you have to fight with, and he has won at a level very few Iowa State coaches, if any, have ever done. So those are kind of more proven commodities. And, And Odell, just because he hasn't done it before, it doesn't mean he can't. But it's a higher risk. And I think certainly with Odell, here's another wrinkle to this. He is a beloved figure. I mean, I can't, I knew that before this coaching search, but the, the last couple of weeks have only kind of reinforced and showed to me just how beloved he is by FSU. I mean, they were chanting his name at the end of the game. I saw a higher Odell sign in the stands. You know, 10, 15, 20 players were tweeting about why they should hire him uh, last week. All, all this stuff. So that's great, and that's wonderful. What if it doesn't work out? Because more often than not, I would think, interim coaches that become permanent coaches don't work out, and especially if there's a never, guy's never been a coordinator. Um, you, you mentioned El, uh, Ed Orgeron there. Ed Orgeron, uh, yes, he has done a great job since he was promoted from interim coach at LSU. But go back. Before, you know, he, before his first time as a head coach, he had never been a coordinator. He got hired at Ole Miss, and he was a disaster. That made him a better coach for the future and it's made him a better coach now at LSU. But his first stint was a disaster. So I say all that to say Odell, for an Odell, is a risk. And if the risk does not work out in your Florida State, you're faced with the opportunity or, or the possibility, I mean, of having to fire a legend at your school again. That's not something anybody wants. Now, I don't know that you don't hire him for that reason. Um, but that's another wrinkle to this. And, and I guess just to continue my rambling, I'll say one more thing. Uh, when, when Steve, our wonderful producer, had me on the, the evening after Willie Taggart was fired, I kind of quickly dismissed Odell being going from interim to permanent head coach, and I shouldn't have. Um, I, I certainly think there's a, the possibility is much stronger now than I did a couple weeks ago, but I still don't think it's particularly strong. And, and personally, I don't think if I'm FSU, that's the move that I would make unless a bunch of coaches ahead of him fall through. Yeah, all of that makes sense. And, and I think that, that that is always the issue when you when you have an interim coach and he wins and he becomes popular. He has been interviewed, though, according to the reporting, right? And um, Correct. You know, so, I mean, I think that's at least a, 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 a courtesy. The fact that he understands the program and, and uh, you know, having not been a coordinator, not, not uh, been a head coach, all those things you say are, are, are very true. Um, but I would say that it seems as if while there are some, some many coaches that call plays or, or lean one side of the ball or the other, it seems to me like that head coaching job more and more is about recruiting. It's about setting the tone, hiring a good staff, letting those guys, you know, work. Um, it's almost, I, I almost want to say the CEO type guys are mm-hmm. succeeding um, in many places as well. So, you know, maybe there's something to be said for knowing what it's supposed to look like, you know, even though, I mean, he knows Florida State and, and, and of course, almost too well. Um, But I'm glad they at least interviewed him. I think they had no choice to do that. And we'll see. I mean, uh, a lot of it will depend on who is available. But you're right. Um, Campbell has done an unbelievable job. I mean, if you can can attract that sort of talent, um, you know, to your program, then – Certainly, that's that's probably the way they're going to go because of, of their brand and because of their pedigree. So I think all of that are, are great points for Florida State, who is off. And then, of course, they play uh, Florida in, in uh, uh, next week um, after Thanksgiving. 
Um, let's talk about the college football uh, poll or playoff picture a little bit. And uh, I guess that it's changed um, since I spoke with you uh, with the injury to Tua Tagovailoa uh, in Alabama. Um, I don't know what Alabama is now without him. Certainly they're a much lesser program, you would think, and they still have a big game against Auburn. Um, you wrote an interesting story uh, about this whole scenario with the SEC and everything, that there is a team that people might want to root for if you want to see something different. Absolutely. Put, put on your, your red and, and pull for the mighty Utah Utes. Um, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Uh, we've had, you know, since the, we've had five years of the playoff, 20 playoff spots have been claimed by 10 teams. Uh, 11 of the 20 spots have been from the Southeast and, and Bama has been every year. Clemson has been every year, but the first right. uh, to some degree, I think having the, 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 the big brands at the top of the sport is a good thing. College football mm-hmm. is better when, te- if Texas ever figures out how to get back, um, but I also think you run the risk of Bama fatigue turning into Clemson fatigue, turning into Ohio State fatigue. You need some new blood in there. So I present to you the, the Utes. Um, they are absolutely a top 10 team, uh, top 7, top 8, somewhere in that range. One loss was to USC on the road on a Friday night when their starting you know, standout running back got hurt. Still a, a, a close game. Utah's, you know, different than the other teams uh, because, you know, most of them are very good offensively. Utah's a much better defense team, one of the better defenses in the country, just constructed differently. I, I think for the sport to continue to grow, uh, it needs to be not just regional where, okay, great, what team from either the ACC or SEC is going to win this year? No, it, it needs to be a national team, a national sport with national teams in the conversation. So I think getting the Pac-12 in there would be a good thing getting a team that hasn't been at that level really aside from a couple kind of flash in the pans year um getting a team like utah w- would be great and then, and then i think the the other reason i think people might want to really look at utah um 10 years ago they were getting ready to move from the mountain west to the pac-12 um that's kind of the upward mobility that a ucf or a usf or a houston or a cincinnati or a boise would love to have to go from you know Power five newcomer to CFP contender in a decade is pretty remarkable. Uh, I mean, they're, they're living the American athletic conference dream right now. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I present to you Utah as one of the more interesting teams in the country. And if you're sick of, of Bama and Clemson every year, then Utah is a team for you. Sounds reasonable to me. I, I would say that, and we're going to have this debate because of, of, like you mentioned, the SEC fatigue or the Clemson fatigue or Ohio State. It seems on its surface easy why not five power five uh, a power five team from every power five conference and then one at large and and I'm not saying you'll get you know there'll still be your Alabamas and your Clemsons and things like that Ohio states but maybe you'll have you know that that last spot rotate in there and then and then also always include the pac 12 and, and and the big 12 I think six would be better than four I think eight is still is better yet it gives you a little yeah. bit more diversity because if you do Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To eight, then you can, I think you would guarantee a spot to the best group of five team. So now we're talking sure. about Memphis in the mix. Um, do I think, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do I think this Memphis team could, could beat Bama, Clemson, and Ohio State back to back to back? No, I don't. But I would love to see Memphis and, and that high-powered offense try and take on a Clemson because I think that would be a, a ton of fun. Or, or LSU, I don't know that any team would stop. I think it'd be, you know, uh, just whoever has the ball <laughs> left and be sixty-three to, to fifty-nine or something ridiculous. It'd be awesome. So yeah, it, it'd be great. And, and the contrasting styles and everything like that. Um, I, I believe me, I'm all in favor of that. But that's not the system we have right now. The system we have is is four, and it's pretty. I suppose there are scenarios where Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU are not in in one, two, three in some way, shape, or form. Um, but most likely those three are in. And then we're talking about either a Bama, a Georgia, Oklahoma potentially getting in. And then I think the Pac-12 champ, either Oregon or Utah, has a good uh, opportunity as well. Presumably both those teams going 11-1 and, and meeting in the conference title game. So I, out of those, I just as a fan of the sport, I'd like to see how Utah does. Oregon's had opportunities in the past. I think Mario Cristobal's done a really good job kind of inheriting what Willie Taggart did there and, and taking it to the next level. But I, I'd, I'd love to see somebody different and somebody new. So, so give me the Utes. I like the Utes. And, and, and I would say this about uh, t- – tell me about Alabama's future now. It's, it, it seems as if for all the world that Tua is done there, that, that if he does come back, they're saying three months – that's around the combine. He can maybe begin some football activities. I can't imagine he'd go back to Bama. But that aside, um, they still have a big game with Auburn. Let's say, I mean, th- their schedule is what it is, right? But let's say they beat Auburn. I mean, are they going to be in the conversation, or is this like basketball where you say, look, they lost, they lost their 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 best player. Um, they're not the team, despite the record that uh, that that they were a week ago. I'm not entirely sure how that conversation is going to go. I mean, the, the CFP head honchos who, who spoke on the ESPN show the other night and on a conference call with, with us hacks afterward said also that Tua's injury was discussed. But what exactly does that mean? I, I don't know. Um, there is some precedent for this. In, in 2014, Ohio State, uh, JT Barrett got hurt toward the end of the year and Cardale Jones came in and you know they, they ended up winning the Big Ten and obviously... Uh, got a trip to the playoff, and then won the whole thing. So there is kind of precedent for it. And I, I think in some ways, if Bama were to beat Auburn, especially if they were to do so handily, it sure. strengthens their case. But I could also make the argument that some of the other games where, where they won, maybe they, they're, not a, they're not the team then that they are now. So there, there's just a bunch of weird kind of conflicting things in there. Um, what I'm left with is I just don't know that Bama's going to I just don't know that they're unequivocally one of the four best teams. And that's going to be the, the standard that they have to meet because they're not going to win the, the conference. Uh, I, I, unless something crazy happens with LSU, they're not going to win the conference. So uh, the, the criteria is it's, it's a conference champion. Unless if you're a non-conference champion, you have to unequivocally be better to rise above them. And, and I don't know that Bama with their resume, is going to be unequivocally better than a 12 and one Oregon, a 12 and one Oklahoma a 12 and one Utah, something like that. Maybe even 11 and two Georgia, depending on what happens. So Bama's best case going forward, they're, they're going to have to not only beat Auburn, but they have to find a way to crush them and, and put up some style points in the process. 
And the, it's not just Tua. Bama's been pretty banged up all year. I mean, Dylan Moses has been out, and Raekwon, and um, I think Ruggs was banged up as well. So they've had a bunch of injuries. And I think at a certain point, it is going to catch up to Alabama, where, alas, they're only going to finish 10-2 and two or 11-1 and one and, and settle for the Sugar Bowl or something like that. So I, I think Bama is still in the mix, but they need some help at this point. I think that's great analysis. Okay, uh, speaking of Memphis, which we did just a minute ago, they are at South Florida. They're 9-1. and one. They've won five in a row. I love watching this football team play. I think their coach is great. Not so good for the South Florida Bulls. They've got them, and then they got to finish up with Central Florida. It's the Charlie Strong watch. I'm going to give you reasons why I don't think he's going to be fired, and you tell me if I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, there's and, and maybe this is in the right order, but maybe not. Uh, the buyout. That's yep. that's a factor, right? How much money does USF have to come up with to get rid of Charlie Strong? Um, the fact that he has not lost this locker room. Um, these players are playing hard. And, in fact, I was moved almost by the way they rallied around their freshman kicker who missed four field goals, and, and, and it showed a lot about the character he has on that football team. And uh, maybe that starts with uh, some of the leadership and the seniors. And then, finally, look, he had a freshman quarterback. It was you know – when you lose a Blake Barnett, that wasn't exactly the optimum plan, right? That's not the plan. Um, football is one of those sports. You need to have guys, you know, in the hopper that can come in. And, and, and you know, Florida was able to do that with Trask, but he wasn't able to. So, um, and, and then on top of it, they're, they're just a goal line stand and, and, and maybe a missed field goal or two away from being 6-4 and four anyway. So, tell me, tell me why, Charlie Strong, that, 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 is that enough to save him, those arguments? I think your your first one, the money is, is the best one because yeah. USF is not a they're, they're not swimming in money. They're not right. loaded financially. Um, I mean, we know how long they've been talking about and trying to get this football operations center indoor practice facility going. Because I mean, when I talk to, to my to my colleagues in the media who don't know USF as well, and I tell them they still don't have it indoor, and they have to call the Bucks on a Tuesday in August because. I, I don't know if you know this, but it rains sometimes in Florida in the summer. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. So it, my, my, my colleagues are like just kind of blown away because that's kind of r- ridiculous at this point. So yeah, I, I'm sure is. if it, or I'm sure USF would much rather take that money that they would pay Charlie to go away and, and put that towards this, this practice facility, which they very much desperately need. Um, and some of the other points you made are, are, are spot on. No, the team has not quit. Um, I mean, they've gone toe-to-toe with Temple and Cincinnati, one team in the top 20. Temple is a pretty good team as well. And they were very competitive with them. And those are all very good things. But if he loses to Memphis, which, which, I, which I expect them to, and if they lose to UCF, which I would also expect, they would be 4-14 four and 14 over their last 18 games. I'm mm. looking at some of the advanced metrics that I really like. S&P Plus, or SP Plus it's called now, has USF as a number 91 team in the country. Sagarin, which is another stat that I like, has USF as the number 94 team in the country. I don't think the, the expectation for USF is to compete for national championships. They, they, that's not, that's not going to happen right now. But should they be better than 94th in the country? Absolutely. There's there's no reason that they shouldn't be up there, not every year, but where the Cincinnati's and the Memphis's are and, and teams like that. And they haven't really done it. And, and under Charlie, they started off very well and then potentially limping down to 4-14 and 14 down the stretch. 
and that's not good enough. So that I, I guess what USF is going to have to decide is what are they going to gain financially by getting rid of him? How much has he lost the fan base, and is it something that can be recovered? And, and how much can he still bring to this program to make it better? Because I'm sure it's kind of like at, at FSU. The Knowles didn't want to fire Willie Tagger. It, the AD, David Coburn, was very clear. I had to fire a friend yesterday. Had to, were the key words mm-hmm. there. Because they felt they didn't have a choice. So I'm sure, all things being equal, USF would love to keep Charlie. But he's going to have to do something to prove that he can, you know, that this program is headed in the right direction. And, and I'm not sure in the last couple of games that that's going to happen. Yeah, those uh, look. I, I like Charlie. I don't know who they're going to hire um, necessarily that will take that program where they want it to go. Clearly, the record is is a big thing, and it's not been good since he left Louisville, quite frankly. So, um, I think it's it, it's sort of headed that way. But we'll see how much money they can come up with the buyout. You never know. Um, look, those stands, those those seats are empty in Raymond James predominantly. There's not enough fans going to the game, so that's a factor as well. So. You got to look at both sides of that, but a tough finish for them against Memphis and then Central Florida um, coming up. All right, let's talk about the national games. Penn State is at Ohio State. That seems to be the marquee game because, frankly, there's not a great schedule in college football nationally uh, this week. The Nittany Lions, of course, tripped up to Minnesota a couple weeks ago. Ohio State seems to be really rolling right now. Uh, the fact that it's in Columbus this is a really tough game for Penn State. <laughs> yeah, I, say I'd the say least, so. that's, right? That's a, that's a little bit of an understatement. I mean, Ohio State, have they played anybody? Has anybody played, played, them, played them close? I mean, I think their closest nope. game so far is, is 24 points. Um, yep. Now, they haven't played a lot of teams like Penn State. Um, I, I just think, I don't think Penn State's at that level yet. I mean, Ohio State might be the best team in the country in terms of what, what they've done. Off, you know, their, their offense is really good with Dobbins and Justin Fields. And their defense is really good. And, you know, Chase Young is coming back and all that sort of thing. So I've... I, I think Ohio State wins, and I think they probably win by, by double digits over the Nittany Lions. Texas is at Baylor. Texas is now no longer ranked. Baylor, wow, have a lead that you couldn't hang on to against Oklahoma. Uh, they got to find a way to rebound in quick, huh? <laughs> 28 to 3 is, is the, the – uh, That's the hockey, magic number. Yeah, yeah, hockey, it's in a two-goal lead, like the most dangerous thing, and, and now in football apparently <laughs> it's, it's, it's 28 to 3. Um, <laughs> eventually Texas is going to get back, but they're not there yet. I, I think I saw a stat earlier where this is now 10 straight years. They've lost at least four games. Um, wow. it's, it's, it's kind of astounding because I think a lot of people, including myself, thought Tom Herman would, would turn things around really quickly there. And, you know, they had the sugar bowl win over Georgia last year, which was nice, but they're still not at the level. And, um, Baylor's to me is still, I don't want to call them a fraud. That's too mean. But a lot of their wins have been very soft. Um, mm-hmm. Even when they would beat decent teams, it was really closer than it should have been for for a top 10, top 15 program. Um, I, I suppose they did kind of prove themselves by, by you know hanging with, with Oklahoma. But you're right. This is a potential letdown spot with, with, with Texas. But Baylor's been the better team. So I, I think you roll with the Bears. Here's my interesting game of the week, although I, I don't think it'll be much of a contest. Michigan is it at Indiana, and I only br- make, bring up the, the game to, to give you this quote, one of my favorites from Jim Harbaugh. You can't plant potatoes and expect to eat potato salad the next day, Matt. <laughs> no, 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 you cannot. It, 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 it takes time. Um, 
I guess I don't have any particularly strong thoughts about this game um, other than Indiana has had a really good season. Like, yeah, I think have. there's a good chance Indiana ends up in the Outback Bowl, which which would be a, a lot of fun because there's a lot of local. Um, oh, yeah. I think our, I think our entire staff is, has, I, has Indiana ties in some <laughs> way, yes. shape, or form. It, um, yes, you have to have <laughs> at least, like, visited Indiana or certainly gone there to work at the Tampa Bay Times. I'm pretty sure Nelson Pointer put that in his uh, bylaws. Yep, that's that's exactly right. Um, but but no, seriously, it, it, IU has had a fantastic season, and it's been fun to to watch that that fan base get excited about football, which is something that doesn't happen. And I think if Tom Allen were a little bit more experienced and maybe had a couple years like this, he would be a really strong candidate uh, for the Florida State opening because that's what my entire life is about right now, the Florida State opening. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's got all the local ties. You know, he's recruited this area very well. Um, Again, very much steeped in Florida, and now he's doing a, a you know, winning at, at a at a level that Indiana doesn't win at very often. Yeah, it's good to watch them uh, compete, and and so this is the week of college football. That's a little on the downside overall, but next week, boy, we've got rivalry week, and uh, Florida, Florida State, of course, uh, locally kicking that off. Um, man, you got so many so many rivalry games: Ohio State, Michigan, all of those. So that'll be a lot of fun. In the meantime, if you want to follow the Florida State coaching search, and not expecting a lot of news maybe this week, but you have to read Matt Baker on TampaBay.com and in the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks, Matt. We appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Rick. My thanks to Matt. The Lightning coming off a 3-1 to loss at St. Louis. That was a tough one to the Stanley Cup champions. Nikita Chucherov got hurt in that one. Uh, nice ceremony, though, if you had a chance to see it uh, for Pat Maroon as he got his uh, Stanley Cup ring. That was pretty cool. They did that uh, publicly. Um, the Lightning play tonight at Chicago against the Blackhawks. they got to get going here uh, before too long. and start. Uh, I think the schedule will help them as they start playing just about every other night now. So we're also going to hear uh, today from uh, Byron Leftwich at Bowles, and we'll have a chance to talk to those guys uh, about uh, their game this weekend against the Atlanta Falcons. Me and Eduardo and Encina will preview that for you as the Bucks try to rebound from their loss against the New Orleans Saints. So we've got all of that coming up uh, on tomorrow's show. And, folks, remember now, if you're uh, looking to save money on electric bills, you can save 90 to 95% off right now if you'll just call my friends at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And if you call right now, you also receive a 30% tax credit through 2009 by changing to solar energy. Call the real May Electric at 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 